Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Jamie, and this is our From the Pasture with Hired Hand podcast. As the owners of Hired Hand website software, we've been developing websites and creating internet marketing strategies for livestock breeders for the past 10 years. The majority of our customers are involved in the breeding of registered animals, such as Texas Longhorns, Highland cattle, horses, and white-tailed deer, where the pedigrees are very important. The From the Pasture with Hired Ham podcast examines many of the differences in raising pedigreed livestock for maximum profit. Join us and learn what we're covering today. Hi, Corey. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Molly. Thank you. So um, you're Corey Wayment with Wayment Longhorns. And um, from your website, I can see that you've been breeding since about 2019. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start by telling us just a little bit about yourself, your family, your overall operation? You bet. Um, so, yeah, born and raised in uh, northern Utah. Been here my whole life. Probably will never leave. I'm pretty, pretty biased to the state of Utah. But, um, oh, you know, after, after college, I, I went on a little you know, almost 10 year baseball career that, that was fun. And, and at the age of 28 had to hang them up. So, uh, after that jumped into real estate, um, got married, got four cute kiddos and, uh, and now some longhorns. So oh, yeah. how does, oh, sorry, go ahead. I can say we're busy. We, we're busy. So having to hang up your, your cleats from your baseball career, how does the whole ranching life uh, fare on your body then? <laughs> you know, thankfully I made it pretty much my entire career without any major injuries. So I'm pretty healthy. I've probably been hurt more uh, working cattle than I have baseball. So I got lucky, um, but the cattle keep me in shape. I miss that. So <laughs> nice. Uh, so why Longhorns? I'm sure you, you know, since you took a while, it seems like to kind of follow this path. I'm sure there's lots of different breeds in Utah that might have been a more logical fit. So talk to us about um, yeah. what made you decide on Longhorns. You know, first of all, just something different. And you know, we, I drive up my road and look at pretty black cows all day, every day. So something different. Um, I grew up on a dairy farm. I'm not tough enough for that. So, you know, I told my parents that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, growing up, you know, in the industry, agriculture, it, it's in my blood. Um, the older I get, seems like the more I'm drawn to that, uh, that life. So Longhorns, I just bought my first cow and calf on a whim. Um, just the aura around them. It reminds me of a horse, just, just the energy and things like that around them, I think just really attracted me to them. They each have kind of their unique, their own unique personality, right? Absolutely. Yep. So how did you find the first ones? Did you, I mean, was it an accident? Did you stumble upon them or had you kind of started researching them? No, as a matter of fact, um, we have a, uh, a classified website here in Utah that's pretty popular. You can sell everything and anything on it. And uh, an older gentleman had posted this cow and calf and, you know, advertised it. Uh, I think she was eight um, registered and I had never had anything registered or papered. I didn't really, you know, know, know what that was all about, but he advertised it with a nice little bull calf and the calf was just a couple of days old. Um, 
so he's going on a church mission. So drove down there, brought him home. And uh, that's how I found my first, first set. Yeah. And how many do you have now? And we're up to about 25 and, and counting this spring, obviously. So how have you gone about adding, adding these additional ones since the, the first one? Nora. <laughs> hey, Nora, I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> um, probably like everybody, we have a budget. And so, you know, finding, I have an expensive budget, I've learned, uh, expensive taste, I've learned with a small budget. Um, but really, uh, shortly after I bought that first pair, um, I met Scott Pace and, and Titan there and that's really who I started buying all the other ones from. And obviously love that ball gold mine and and uh, got to see him on a frequent basis because they were just right down the road from us. And uh, yeah, that's how I found the next half a dozen or so. Nice. So obviously the Paces have a very established program, uh, very knowledgeable kind of about their breeding strategies and have, have seen a lot of success in their uh, consignments and sales and private treaty. Uh, where do your goals fit in? Um, like when you look at a breeder like that, you know, that's been at it for quite a bit longer and has kind of reached some of those milestones. How do you go about setting your goals and where do you see yourself? You know, um, like you said, they've been doing it close to 30 years now, maybe more. And, uh, you know, just when I met them and you know, they kind of explained the experience and the longevity of their career is just kind of, you know, that's, I think what you shoot for in any career is establish yourself and then try and make a, a dent in the market. But yeah, it'd be nice to be recognized. I'll be about 80 by then, but it's okay. <laughs> well, where do you see yourself in like the next five years? Tell us about maybe one or two of your goals. Yeah. In the next five years, we, um, we've invested in some, uh, you know, AI work. We've, uh, We've got some younger cows coming up. Um, you know, I, I don't know that we'll ever get to the, the pace uh, uh, level, but just a more consistent, um, consistent production. You know, obviously it takes a few years to even realize what you got, especially with our background, not really understanding how the registration, the pedigrees go. So really it's been four years of, of studying pedigrees and, and what traits that I tend to like. And I'm finding that changes almost on a daily basis. So <laughs> finding something, sticking with it. Yeah. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, can you try to explain to everyone listening, maybe not watching um, what your brand looks like? And well, how you brand, came up with it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it pays a little homage to the old baseball career. Um, it's the shape of home base on a baseball diamond. So it's simple, um, pretty hard to mess up unless I'm doing the branding, but it's very easy to identify and, and a pretty straightforward. That was important to us on a brand. So was the brand design a family effort or did you know what you wanted and wanted it tied to baseball um, right from the start? It was pretty much right from the get-go. Um, you know, sports is a big hobby of mine. And really the cattle are, you know, a, a fun hobby. And so they just, they bring happiness. They, you know, are, are wonderful to experience. And so I just wanted to kind of keep the two, two uh, together. 
Yeah. So when you've had babies that are your own, ones that you haven't purchased, are you naming them at all related to baseball or no? Are you just, just picking names here and there? Yeah, we're just picking them here and there. Um, our, our current herd sire, his name is Showboat. So we've kind of tried to stay with his, uh, his name in most, most occasions, but yeah, mostly just with the, uh, the mom and dad, that seems to be protocol for the most part. Nice. So now that you have Longhorns, what's your favorite part? Um, the, probably my favorite part is the challenge. Um, I just, the, the challenge, it's, just so new to us. And, um, I love a challenge, uh, trying to figure out what's going to be a good combo and, and, and then, you know, obviously the basics of, you know, horn measurement and color production and, you know, like the attitudes and the dispositions and, you know, it's just the, the wide range of things that, that you don't really find in the beef or dairy industry. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite in your own pasture? So that, uh, that first pair we bought, just a minute, buddy, that first pair we bought, um, like I said, that gentleman thought that was a little bull calf. We had her for about two weeks <laughs> and, uh, that is not a bull calf. <laughs> so anyway, she is our favorite cow and it's by a landslide. Um, it's just kind of funny that he thought, uh, he thought, she was a he and we actually wrote him when he was on his mission we we took her to uh reno and she won you know reserve grand champion and and she's she's still three years old and pushing on 80 inches and so it's just kind of it's kind of funny that by far our best cow he thought was a bull calf (laughs) (laughs) and what's her name her name is star of the show So a very fitting name then as well, as it turns out. Yeah, yeah she gets a lot of love <laughs> for sure. And she just had a really nice, uh, nice calf and we got her AI'd with the uh, Rebel HR. So nice. Love what you're hearing? Be sure to check out our pickup truck confessions. It's a video series where we hop in the truck or a rental car and interview a variety of breeders about what drives their passion for their livestock, how they got started in the breed of their choice, marketing tips, and more. And now back to the podcast. All right. So let's go through a few Longhorn questions here, um, kind of rapid fire questions. So who is your all-time favorite Longhorn cow? And you can only pick one. That's done lucky. Is it? Yeah, that's that's a pretty easy one. We saw her sell in Grapevine. Uh, that was our first sell ever. That we oh, watched nice. that one. So that's forever imprinted. Is there anything special you like about her? Yeah, the color was really what was amazing. But then the horns and, you know, my untrained eye, I can't see a flaw in her. So she just looks like perfect to us. So. Have you heard the song they wrote about her? I've listened to it. Yeah, I saw that. I need, I need to do it again. But yeah, yeah pretty special. clever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All-time favorite Longhorn Bull. So the bull's got to be gold mine again. First one I, you know, had to experience up close and was able to pet and, um, yeah, that's got to be probably one of my favorites forever. And then we're we're really liking uh, Rebel HR. We've got a bunch of joined that syndicate and stuff. So those two are probably 
up there, you know, concealed weapon, a few others, but I'd say gold mine. Well, and gold mine also has that very unique coloring too. You don't see that that many bulls in that kind of light yellow, you know, kind of, and the and the color he throws is also very impressive. So yeah, yep. Never know what you're gonna get with that gene. Yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, last one. All time favorite longhorn breeder or longhorn herd. Favorite herd. Um, oh, there's some mind blowing ones. Uh, Daryl Dickinson. That is a really cool, diverse, uh, multi-face um, operation. I, I don't. I hope to make it out there one one time to see that operation. That looks like a pretty neat herd. That's what I was just going to ask: is if you've ever made the the trip out there. That'd be quite a haul for you all, I assume. <laughs> it's, it'll it'll happen for sure, but maybe a little summer vacation and the, the kids won't know any different, right? Yeah, we'll probably leave the trailer home, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Might regret that. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so we talked a little bit about Dunlucky Dice and Goldmine and Rebel HR. Is there a specific animal, whether it be a cow or bull, that you aspire um, to, to, you know, that's your ideal example of, of an animal that you kind of are aspiring to breed towards? Yeah, I just, those, those two cows and bull they just have everything that we're looking for you know milk productivity um a gene that'll throw any color any time it seems um disposition incredible i haven't been around done lucky dice but you know gold mines disposition incredible that's uh, just for us that's you know the top tier uh we're still new like i said that could change tomorrow so maybe more, you you know more what traits you're going for, not necessarily something to compare it to. Yeah, yep. And it has changed, you know, um, the the cattle IQ that Daryl talks about a lot. Uh, we're starting to learn a little bit and learning how to identify which ones might be a little sharper, which ones might not be so sharp. So yeah, we're, we're heading that way. Good. Um, is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to? Um, I know you talked a little bit about pieces, um, but is there anyone else that kind of helped you get started in the breed that you'd like to thank? You know, I'd give a shout out to Wade Wagner. He's He's been a, a riot to get to know. Um, he's been up to the ranch once and just his energy, his positivity around the herd, around the uh, breed. Awesome. Wade, Wade, good job. And he's also there in Utah, right? He is. He's in Southern Utah. Okay. So how long, how far apart are you guys? We are probably three, three to four hours away. Yeah. Not horrible then. No, get there. No time. Yeah. All right. So tell us your funniest Longhorn related story to date. Besides, oh, yeah. I mean, the bull calf heifer calf is a, is a pretty good story, but yeah. do you have any other ones? Um, the funniest thing that we've had happen, I don't know that we've had anything good. Obviously, we've had a few heads get stuck. <laughs> Always fun to cut a neighbor's rod iron fence. Um, you know, for us, it's buying our first pair thinking we were getting a bull calf and here we have a reserve grand champion. <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty good one. That one's hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. He's he kicking himself for selling that pair for the price he did. <laughs> 
So if you could go back in time and change one thing about when you were getting started with Longhorns, what would it be? Um, you, you know, I bought the first dozen with not a whole lot of knowledge about pedigree. And, you know, I'd probably research pedigrees a little bit more, you know, and just maybe even visit some big operations. That would have been really good as a new breeder just to see, you know, what can be done and, and maybe some medium-sized operations and just see how different people operate, you know, in a climate like ours, colder, colder weather. That's mm -hmm. probably all I do. So you talk about researching pedigrees more. So this is a good segue into kind of our next topic. Um, when you are, our websites, the tool that you go to, when you, when you start to research pedigrees, do you find yourself just kind of digging into <clears throat> a bunch of them online or how do you go about that? You know, social media probably, <clears throat> starts the rabbit hole. Um, and then, you know, after that, we'll just go from page to page and, and it seems like every time something for sale pops up, we'll, we'll go to that uh, person's website and look at their history and uh, probably pretty similar to about most folks. <laughs> when you're on a Longhorn website, um, so af after social, when you get to one of the websites, what catches your attention the most or makes you want to stop and read or learn more about that program? Not necessarily a specific animal, but about the breeder themselves. Um, <clears throat> so for us, I, breeders that are in our same climate, um, I feel like I can learn the most from them. You know, cold weather, four seasons. Um, those are really the, the ranches that I like to look at. There's not a lot of them, you know, up north, I guess you would say. Uh, it seems like compared to in the warmer climate, um, but the ones that experience snow and minus 10 degrees, I like looking at their programs and their herds and, and different things, just because I can relate to them a little bit more. So what are the last three Longhorns or Longhorn websites in your search history? <clears throat> the last three. Well, the Craft Ranch is probably the last one. We're going to. That's a very different climate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here I go. So we, we are going to get some two year olds uh, from there in March. Um, so that's the last one. Uh, Daryl's, I, I was reading about, uh, I can't remember who, but Daryl's was, was one that I visit frequently. Um, just love his content um, and, and his sense of humor. Uh, and then a third one. I may have been spying on Wade Wagner a little bit, see what he's got in Utah. Right, can he yeah. keep up with the competition, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right, are you willing to share which which on Wade's site caught your eye or no? Is that just for you to know? What's that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wade doesn't keep anything private. So I mean the whole world knows. But yeah, he's got a couple I like. Hmm. So aside from your own hired hand website, which one is your favorite? Um, I know Wade's is. I know uh, the craft one is, right? If mm -hmm. I remember right. Probably those two. Yeah. There. What do you like most about Wade's website? Uh, same thing about my website and everybody else. It's just so easy to navigate and, and very clean. And you get your information that you're looking for right off the get-go. Um, that's hard to beat in a industry like this, where you could put probably a million bells and whistles on if you wanted just clean. 
So let's talk a bit, little bit about your website. Um, how long have you been live now? Let's see. A month? Okay. <laughs> so a month <laughs> from recording, and maybe maybe by the time this comes out, you'll have been live for about two months. So very new, still getting used to it, yes? Still getting used to it, but... Um, for a guy with no IT experience, I feel pretty comfortable. Good. And what's your URL so everyone can go and visit? It's waymentlonghorns.com. And Wayment is W-A-Y-M-E-N-T. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I had I had a little hiccup when I typed that in for the first time. I wanted to put an A there. So <laughs> Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so if you had to describe your hiring <clears throat> hand website in three words or less, what would they be? Three words or less. Um, it's hard for me. Easy, uh, clean, and user friendly with a hyphen. So it's three words. <laughs> we'll let it slide. All right. Okay. <laughs> what made you choose Hired Hand for your website? Uh, let's see here. I think I saw an advertisement in Reno 2001, two years ago, and um, I started researching then. I think I reached out and had a couple of questions and wasn't quite ready, but um, started noticing that seems to be a pretty good platform that obviously a lot of cattlemen in different industries are, are using. So yeah, just the, the consistency was really nice. So I know if I go to one page and another page, both put on by hard hand, they're going to be pretty easy to navigate. So going back to maybe where you're at a point where you can share some lessons learned or some advice for, for newer breeders, <laughs> um, what talk to us a little bit about what considerations or decisions you made um, when you were developing your own website. Um, obviously, we wanted to keep it true to brand. <clears throat> you know, the colors, the the branding, just, just the whole feel. We want to keep it very consistent. Um, and then just kind of, you know, pick your choice and stay with it and try and, you know, be consistent with your original plants. That's good advice. <laughs> Is there, is there anything else you'd like to share about your breeding program, about your website, anything we didn't cover? No, I, that's, uh, this definitely got me thinking about, you know, herds and, and all sorts of good things. So just awesome. Well, good. Well, we'll we will put you, your um, web address in the show notes, as well as all of the fellow breeders that you mentioned. Um, and I just really appreciate you joining us today. And hopefully we see you down the road soon. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs>